Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. All right, welcome to the program. It's the Bears Wire Podcast. I'm Ryan O'Leary, joined as always with Alyssa Barbieri, the Bears Wire editor. And Alyssa, how you doing this week? I know you've watched a lot of Miracle Bears games this year, but this one didn't work out that way, did it? I mean, this was kind of ugly from the start. The Bears were stuck on three points like the whole way, end up losing 19-11 to 11 to uh, the Colts. How you feeling right now, and how's Bears country taking this one? I mean, I remember when I was complaining about like those you know last-second games that just had me on the edge of my seat, but I mean, like, I'll take another one of those if it meant we're 4-0 at this point. But, I mean, obviously the Colts uh, are the way better team. This is the obviously the best team that they faced at this point. I mean, you know, you know, facing the Lions and the Giants and the Falcons, you know, it was bound to catch up to them. And it did in just absolute brutal fashion. I, you know, I'd be lying if I said, you know, Bears fans aren't a little concerned, especially in terms of the offense, which is shades of 2019 here uh, last Sunday against the Colts. And you talked about it last week, that Colts defense is nasty. And, and you were right on. I mean, that's... That defense is legit. It's not just because they played the Jaguars and the Jets and you know what I mean? Like they are they're good. And so you gotta like throw that out there for number one. But still, the game ball for the Bears goes to uh Pat O'Donnell. I had to look him up. He's the punter. He's the punter. This is the Bears drives go punt, punt, short field goal, punt, 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 interception, garbage time, touchdown. Right? That's not that's not offensive me, right? that's not offensive efficiency, right? That's way too many punts. Nick Foles, let's just say it, Alyssa. Mitch Trubisky could have done that, right? I mean, the practice squad kid they brought up to, like, I guess, be Nick Foles' like, life coach on the sideline, he could have done that. Like, that was not a great start for Nick Foles. I don't care what defense they're playing. That wasn't what Bears fans wanted to see. Definitely not. It, you know, it was the same results with a different quarterback, and, you know, it makes you wonder. Obviously, it's not just the quarterback here at fault. Obviously, the Mitchell Trubisky was a big part of that, and obviously Nick Foles, you know, was a big part of the you know struggles on offense. But Foles was never going to be the savior. You know, we I think we all had high expectations coming into this game, especially as he came off the bench and was able to orchestrate that miraculous fourth quarter comeback. But then we have to keep in mind, you know, he did it against the Falcons, Falcons. and then going up against this Colts defense, which is. I feel comfortable saying is probably the best in the league right now. I agree with you now after watching that. Yep. Yeah, and just absolutely shut them down. They scored three points in the first fifty-eight minutes, and it was just—it was—it was just a disgrace to watch. It was, you know, there's a lot of issues that just go beyond quarterback. I mean, obviously the offensive line just could not get anything done in the run game. I think they were averaging one point eight yards per carry. They're a run-first offense, or so Nagy says at this point. You know, in terms of finding that identity, and they couldn't run the football. Nick Foles couldn't throw the football. He couldn't get into a rhythm. Obviously, some of that is the chemistry with the receivers and playing a great defense, but it just felt like we were watching. You could have just, you know, photoshopped Mitchell Trubisky's face on Nick Foles, you know, yesterday, minus the lack of mobility that that Foles has out there. But right, yeah, you know, obviously not not a great first start. No, and it makes me wonder, like, what is the uh, what's the game plan at quarterback for the Bears? Right? I mean, what is the game plan? I've I've read all kinds of stuff. I don't know if it was necessarily on Bears Wire, but. I read all kinds of stuff like Bears fans are like, no, we want Mitch Trubisky now. We want him back. You know, like just screw Nick Foles, you know, and your little story about the bringing up the, who is this, Tyler Bray to the practice squad? Yeah. That one was like, ooh, is this kid going to start for us for quarterback? Like, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> what is the plan, Alyssa? Like, they obviously, they trade for Nick Foles, restructure his contract. So he's 
he's under contract for three years, and it's really a team-friendly kind of thing. Like, they restructured that. That's, that's a good contract for the Bears to have. But is Nick Foles the guy going forward? Is he going to be – he's 31. He's never really caught on. You know, he's kind of been a lifelong backup. He lost his job to uh, Minshew over in Jacksonville. They traded him. What's the plan? Is it, like, is Nick Foles the guy? Or could they go back to Trubisky? Like, are they still trying to figure it out on the fly? Like, I, I'm worried about – I feel like in the NFL, if you're going to be a winning football team, if you're going to be a playoff team, you kind of have to figure out the quarterback piece. Like, that's a big deal. And right now, the Bears seem to be, like, grasping at straws and, like, hoping Foles comes through. And like you just said, like, that wasn't a good start. Hopefully, he comes through. But it's not going to be any easier this week on a short week against Tampa. Death taxes and bad Bears quarterbacks. Those (laughs) are three things you can always depend on. Where's Jay Cutler when you need him? (laughs) I think think the Bears fan base would take Jay Cutler right now. I'd take Jay Cutler right now. You know, I think it's there's a little bit of overreaction to a degree, but there are some people that are being reasonable about it. This was one bad game against arguably the best defense in the league at this point. So, I mean, let's let's see, you know, a couple games down the line here, how Foles is doing. If it's more of the same, I don't know how you can't at least consider going back to Trubisky. Not to say Trubisky is the long-term answer here. Just like Foles isn't the long-term answer here. You know, Foles is, you know, a bridge quarterback to whoever they end up drafting. Hmm. Assuming Ryan Pace gets to draft another quarterback, which I don't know, pray guys. Uh, But yeah, I I mean, I don't think it's, you know, you can't give up on Foles after one bad game. You know, let's see him after a couple. But again, he is going to face another great defense against the Buccaneers, you know, on on a short week. You know, he doesn't have the benefit of, Having that chemistry with the receivers, the offseason, the COVID offseason just ruined everything. He didn't, you know, wasn't able to get those reps in with those guys, wasn't able to get into a rhythm there. And, you know, it really showed quarterback. Obviously, it's a snake, it's snake bit in the bears forever here. And, you know, I don't think either Trubisky or Foles is the answer here. I think we're just kind of looking ahead at this point. Interesting, interesting. So the Bears better stop winning then, Alyssa, because then you know we got to pick <laughs> higher in the draft, higher in the draft to get that quarterback of the future. We'll see, we'll see. Now, Trey a lot... Lance, where are you? Come on yeah, down. Yeah, lots to get to with the Nick Foles stuff. Obviously, uh, more issues on the offense than just the quarterback, as Alyssa's saying. The run game, they haven't rushed for a touchdown all season. That headline on Bears Wire made me spit up my coffee. That was something. And uh, the defense didn't make that big play that we needed them to make on Sunday to pull that one out. So we'll get into all those kind of topics here coming up. We'll be right back. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for Week 5. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater faces the Atlanta Falcons, which is the worst defense of quarterbacks through four weeks. Atlanta has many injuries on the back end, and Carolina has plenty of ways to exploit this defense. It has been so bad even Nick Foles threw three touchdowns and a half just a couple weeks ago. With Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers on a bye, consider Teddy Bridgewater as a viable starting quarterback. Jacksonville Jaguars running back James Robinson has the best matchup in the league for rushing yards generated. Houston has given up 651 yards on the ground in four games, including six rushing touchdowns. That's one every 20 carries. In addition, running backs have added another touchdown through the air. There's no telling how Houston will respond to the firing of head coach Bill O'Brien this week, but what we do know is this is a prime matchup to be exploited, and Robinson should be a running back two in all redraft lineups. Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Zach Pascal has a fine matchup of his own. The Cleveland Browns have given up eight touchdowns in four games 
games against wide receivers. Names on the list include the likes of Willie Sneed, Mike Thomas, no, not that Mike Thomas, and Dontrell Inman. As you can see, that's not exactly a high bar to cross. Pascal will have some ups and downs, and Phillip Rivers has struggled, but this is a great matchup, and he's playable in a pinch. Pittsburgh Steelers tight end Eric Ebron comes back from their premature bye week to face the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a fine gamble for owners who are looking for a fill-in tight end or even a flex play. Philadelphia has permitted the position to score once every six and a half catches, which is the fourth highest rate. Just four teams have allowed more yards and more catches to the position in 2020, and a little extra time to prepare works in Pittsburgh's favor. Be sure to stay up on the latest news and notes, especially with COVID-19's impact on fantasy football. For more information, check out thehuddle.com. Nick, how did you feel overall about your, your chemistry with the receivers and your throwing accuracy today? Did you feel like yourself, like you normally do? You know what? It wasn't. It wasn't the best game. No, I. You know what? And I. Th- you know, I think uh, the Indianapolis Colts are a great team, but I don't. You know, I didn't execute well enough, and you know, we didn't execute well enough. But that's something, like I said before, uh, I was just on a radio. That's why I said. It. But uh, we will look at it. We'll move on. We'll improve. Uh, this is part of football. This is part of building those relationships and understanding plays and, you know, continuing to grow. And I, I have to be better. I have to be more crisp. Um, and it's as simple as that. And I, I look forward to improving. I look forward to, you know, tomorrow getting back at it. It's a short week. And, you know, we have a game Thursday night. So, you know, that's just football. we got to keep improving. Maybe we're being unfair with Nick Foles, Alyssa, because he's been here for like five minutes and he started out as the backup behind Mitch Trubisky, right? So it's going to take him some time to figure out his receivers. So i got to keep myself from hitting the panic button and freaking out like that Nick Foles is terrible and, and the season's going down the toilet. Like, let's give him some time. If it's really bad for the next three, four weeks, then we can start freaking out and like picketing in the streets for the Bears to like put Tyler Bray in there as the uh, new quarterback of the Bears or something. And I think that if you continue to see these offensive struggles happening, people are going to pick up on the fact, you know, hey, maybe it's not the quarterback. There are bigger issues and not just obviously the run game struggles, but got to look at the head coach. You got to look at the play caller here. Yeah. And speaking of the play caller, how does a football team go four weeks without rushing for a touchdown? That's like unbelievable. That's an unbelievable stat. Like, who do we blame for that? Is it the O-line? Is it the play caller? What's going on there? Like, what's your take on that situation? (laughs) That bad situation? (laughs) I would say like a combination of both because, I mean, the Bears haven't been a a team that's been, you know, really good in the red zone, you know, even dating back to last season. Uh, You know, the run game has been better than last year. I will give Matt Nagy that. And he has been committing to the run game, unlike unlike last season when he just had like an aversion, like he was allergic. He just would not. I mean, I still remember that seven, that, that game where they ran for seven times in a game. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, so obviously we're not that bad right now, but, you know, the run game definitely is a concern following that game, especially as they're about to go up against a Buccaneers defense that is allowing 64.3 rushing yards per game. And the Bears are looking for that offensive identity and they they believe they found it in the run game. So what happens you know, when the run game isn't working, you know, that identity just kind of goes out the window and you're forced to pass. And, you know, Nick Foles back there, the offensive line is just not doing it. He doesn't have the mobility. Maybe Trubisky does to escape and keep a play alive. You know, he's being just mauled down. Uh, thank you, Charles Leno. But, you know, it's just I can't believe they haven't scored a rushing touchdown. Oh. I didn't even realize that until I saw the stat. I'm like, really? I just assumed because I remember David Montgomery had scored one. But I remembered it was the pass from Trubisky yeah. in, against the Giants. And I'm like, they haven't scored a rushing touchdown, which it's just it, it's unbelievable. You know, we got to toss the blame around. There's, there's blame to go around. So let's talk about the defense, Alyssa. I, I didn't like the block punt. That wasn't a great way to start the game. The Colts scored one touchdown in this game, right? It was off a block punt. Other than that, yeah. Phillip Rivers is moving his team between the 20s and kicking field goals with the kicker with the goggles. 
I mean, that must if that didn't frustrate Bears fans, watching Phillip Rivers dance around and yell at people all day and just driving his team for field goals besides the block punt. I mean, that's got to annoy Bears fans. It at least annoyed me. But Khalil Mack on the tip ball, the ball right in his hands at like the 20-yard line. The 20-yard line. It's right in his breadbasket, and he doesn't make that play. And this is Khalil Mack. This is like the biggest difference maker in football like a couple of years ago. Like, this guy is like an all-world talent, and he's dropping that ball. Now, I know he's got a little knee issue, but I pull up the box score. He only had a couple tackles, no sacks. Like, how banged up is Khalil Mack, Alyssa? I mean, we could really use, like, a dominant Mack and a guy who making some plays. And the defense, I thought, they were just missing plays because that Colts offense is so vanilla, right? They just kind of lean on their defense and kick field goals, and they've been doing that every week, and it's been enough to get them to 3-1. and one. But still, like, what happened to Mack? Like, what's going on with this man? How did he drop that ball, first of all? I mean, if it wasn't the blocked punt to start the game, it was when he dropped that pass when I was like, yeah, this isn't it. They're not going to win this game. Bad it's sign, like, right? you know, one of those feelings you feel like it's just not the day. Yep. It was just not their day. Uh, but, you know, Khalil Mack wasn't the only one that wasn't able to really get home after Phillip Rivers. I mean, there's a reason. I think he was sacked like maybe four times all game, you know, all season, I'm sorry, heading into that game. Yeah. That Colts offensive line is something special. And they were just like manhandling the Bears. Yeah. I mean, they were bringing pressure, um, but they just weren't able to get home. I think Brent Urban had the only sack. Obviously, Khalil Mack, if he if he catches that interception, whether he scores or not, could be a game it's changer. A game, it's a, yeah. it is a complete game changer. Like you, you talk about momentum because they look so uninspired out there. I mean, like watching them, like the defense and even the offense, like they were playing uninspired football. It's like, can someone make a play here? You know, like and that's one of those plays that would have completely changed it around. And who knows what would have happened there? I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I can't complain about the Bears' defense because. I mean, I can't complain a little bit, but because I do have some issues with them. But strength of the team. They, yeah, they allowed 19 points. If you hold a team to 19 points, that should be more than enough. And you know, they're average. I think they're allowing like 20 points a game this year, which is, I think it's top five in the league. I mean, that should be enough. Which goes back to the offense needs to score three points. Unacceptable. But I mean, the defense they it looks sloppy this year. It really has looked sloppy, even though they've been able to hold teams to about 20 points a game. So. I mean, the defense needs to be better, especially with Tom Brady coming to town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got to be honest. It hasn't been really pretty for the Bears. They're three and one. I mean, maybe that's like a maybe that's a fortunate thing right now. I mean, maybe we're realizing right now how fortunate the Bears are to be three and one. It has not been perfect football on either side of the ball. Heading into this game, I always said this was going to be a statement game for both the Bears and the Colts because they both had faced you know less than stellar talent up to that point, and this was going to be the game where they could say, okay, who, how good is this team? Or how bad are they? And the Bears, obviously, they could have just as easily heading into this game have been 0-3 before. You know, and they got they caught some lucky breaks. They played three bad football teams that allowed them to get lucky and score at the end or to hold them off. No doubt. Uh, so this game was really telling. I mean, it, it showcased a lot of the offensive deficiencies that, you know, many had hoped were gone after last season. But it just really felt like watching the, like the Bears' offense and even the defense to a degree in this game, it felt like it was 2019 all over again. And... Obviously, 2019 did not get it done, and it's not going to get it done this year. So speaking of this game, this is an interesting one. And uh, I'm missing Brady as a Patriots guy, as a guy who lives in New England, watched all of Brady's career. I'm really missing him after that Monday night football disaster by the Patriots. That was the first taste of a Brady-less team right there. So plenty to be scared of for Bears fans. Brady's coming. Look out. We're going to talk about this game here, this Thursday night game here. We'll be right back. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. 
Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of SportsBookWire.com and BetSlippin Podcasts, and I'm joined by my colleague Jeff Clark. Here's what you need to know to bet on Week 5 Sunday night football matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored to win by 7 points at home. Seahawks plus 7 road dogs over under 57.5 points. Jeff, I know we're both on the Seahawks to win this game and cover the 7 points. How do you feel about that over under? Yes, and I'm on the over in this game. Both the Vikings and the Seahawks have gone over the total in three of their four games this season. The Vikings have scored 30-plus in three of their four games, and the Seahawks have scored 30-plus in all four games. Also, a nice little trend here. The over is cash in four of the last five Seahawks primetime home games, with the other game being a push. Overs are abundant in the NFL this season. The sportsbooks are starting to take note. This 57.5 figure, way too high. Sunday night football matchup, boosting that up as well. Check out sportsbookwire.com for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to BetSlip and Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. So this is a little bit better for a Thursday night matchup, Alyssa. I'm going to enjoy Bears-Bucks a lot more than I'm going to enjoy. What was that game? The Jets-Broncos disaster last week. So I'm going to enjoy this one a lot more. But <laughs> it's kind of hard to gauge this one. The Bucks are coming off an okay win over the Chargers. They still haven't really beaten a great team yet. They've kind of been up and down. They haven't really put together four quarters. Kind of like the Bears. Kind of like the Bears. I think they're kind of similar in that regard. And the Bucks are really banged up, right? They lost O.J. Howard, one of their good tight ends. Chris Godwin's probably not going to play in this game. He's a really, really good receiver. Mike Evans seems like he's on one foot right now. So the Bears could be getting the Bucks at a decent time right now. They seem banged up coming in on a short week. Bears are at home in this one. Going to be underdogs by five and a half. What jumps out as you uh, are preparing for this one on the uh, Bears wire? Like what's popping out about this matchup to you? I mean, I think it's, you know, easy to say Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady, who it doesn't matter where he is. It doesn't matter how old he is. He's just going to Brady. Bears fans cannot relate. They haven't had a quarterback that's even been half as good as Tom Brady. I think back to the last time that they faced him when he was with the Patriots. I think it was 2018 when they had a great defense. I mean, I think you could say that the Bears defense, you know, this year and last year was good. But like 2018, it was great against that great defense he put up 38 points with you know with new england and so i'm like oh god (laughs) this can be a long thursday night so don't get too excited yet (laughs) ryan about that thursday night matchup no but um i yeah i think you look at this bucks team and i still don't think they've hit their stride yet you know like you said they've they haven't had a great win yet, but, you know, I mean, they're averaging 30 points a game. You saw they it looked lost. They looked a little lost in the first half. I was watching that Chargers game because I wanted to see, you know, let's see what the Bucks are going to you know gonna bring. Yep. And I was like, hey, maybe the Bears stand a chance here. And then I watched it happen in the second half. I'm like, oh, you know, this could be a hard one. <laughs> so, but they are catching injury breaks. That's the one thing. Like every week they caught an injury break. The first week, you no know, Kenny Galladay against the Lions. Then Saquon goes down against the Giants. Then they don't have to face Julio Jones against the Falcons. Mm. And with week four, I know like Marlon Mack, you know, running back for the Colts, you know, wasn't playing. And then they, you know, uh, <laughs> it was just, I mean, even with the injury breaks here, you know, against the Bucks, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll wait to see because it all comes back to the Bears offense. Can they get into a shootout with the Bucks? I'm not, you know, willing to put money on that. No, no, not after what we saw last week. And well, <laughs> Vegas, Vegas seems to think this is going to be a low scoring ball game. I think the over under is like 44 and a half. So 
maybe it's the short week. Maybe it's the uh, the injuries on both sides or what, or maybe the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Vegas thinks this is going to be a really low-scoring game. Like, is that what the Bears want, Alyssa? Like, is that their best chance? Like, you're saying maybe Foles in a Brady shootout isn't the greatest uh, game plan. Oh, yeah. Anytime that you can hold Tom Brady or hold his team to, like, you know, 20, you know, under 30 points, I feel like that would be a win. But that's been the Bears' like mo this year is that their defense has held opposing offenses to you know just enough about twenty points a game, and their offense has been able to squeak out a win here. So I mean, if it gets to be like a shootout, I don't see how the Bears you know hang with them, especially going up against a defense uh, like this coming off a disappointing outing, but also a short week here. Yeah. Yeah, the Bucks do have a really good defense. They do. And all the publicities on Brady and the offense, their defense is nasty. It really is. They get a good D. So it's going to be a good challenge for the Bears on a short week for sure. But I just got to bring this. We were talking about this uh, kind of off the air. I just want to bring this conversation on the record. So the Bears, Alyssa, you were telling me, the Bears, I didn't know this. The Bears made Brady an offer or they were going after him in free agency and Tom didn't want to play there because he thought it was going to be too cold. Are you kidding me? The Bears could have had Tom Brady. Man, what a different season it would be right now if Brady was on the other side of this matchup on Thursday night. Like, that would be kind of sweet. We would have lost half of our storylines going into this season. You know what I mean? Like, what we've talked about over the last six episodes. I know the Bears could have had a confident offense. I can't even imagine what that would sound like. I don't know. But I, mean, I don't know. Maybe Matt Nagy would have found a way to ruin Tom Brady. I don't know. But I remember, I remember hearing that when Ian Rappaport like reported on it. And like, I think there was a story that had come up before that um, the Bears were interested in Brady. And then Rappaport, that's, I think that following Sunday, was like, no, the Bears made an offer. And he didn't want to go because of the weather, the cold weather. And I was like... Just build a dome at this point. It's oh Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, the guy played in Foxborough for years. Like, he used to wear a scuba yeah. suit under his jersey. It was so cold out here in New England. Come on. Come on. I can't believe he's that. He's getting old, though. Yeah, he he's is. Getting old. Maybe his joints are aching, right. you know. This <laughs> he's, makes me... He's a member. He's over 40. If the, yeah, <laughs> you know, just look believe it. me, I've heard... I've heard plenty about Brady's age over his career watching him in New, in New England. Hey, the Bears, that's got to motivate them. This guy dissed you because he thought it was too cold in Chicago. He thinks it's too windy or something. That should be a motivating factor for the Bears in this one. And they should be they should not be happy about being underdogs at home in, in a matchup of two, three, and one teams against a banged up Tampa team. So looking forward to it. Don't have to wait too long to watch Bears football this week. That's the best part. And what's your weekend look like, Alyssa, after the Bears play on a Thursday night and you get all your kind of work done? Are you still watching football all day Sunday or are you kind of like taking a break? Oh, absolutely. I'm watching football. Yeah. I'm going to head out over to, I mean, I live down here in Florida, so I'm going to head on over to Clearwater and visit family and we're going to watch some football and relax on a Sunday. It'll be nice to be able to watch, yeah. you know, some football because, you know, so engrossed, you know, with the one o'clock game and then you're working during the four o'clock game, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get to watch as closely. So, you know, it'll be nice just to kind of be a football fan on Sunday. It'll be nice. All right. Well, enjoy it. Have a great weekend. Hopefully the, hopefully the Bears go easy on my Brady. That's all I got to say. Just, you know, I, I don't mind if the Bears win, of course, but just go, don't hurt them, you know? Just go easy on them. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Have a great week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.